I want to dive right in and introduce uh, Paul Bradley, who um, he is obviously no stranger to Northwestern. He has been here and was in serving in student life for 24 years and has seen so many different seasons and so many different circumstances and has really stood in the gap for so many students. And really, Paul has been um, very much a spiritual father to me. And I'm so grateful, uh, as we've invited him to speak today and tomorrow, that you're really going to hear from someone who's living what we're talking about of life in the spirit. And so uh, Paul now, in this last almost year, has transitioned out of uh, out of student life and is overseeing student services, uh, but is still very much involved in, uh, in, in the lives of students and coming alongside and mentoring and developing them. And so would you please give a very warm and enthusiastic Monday morning welcome to Mr. Paul Bradley as we pray for him and a hand up as we pray for our own hearts and minds this morning. Father, we are so grateful that we are your sons and daughters. Thank you that um, because of the cross, because of the empty tomb, as we were praying early before chapel, to be reminded that the veil has torn and that we now have become, because of the gospel, the very temple of the Holy Spirit. And so Holy Spirit, take up residence here in your people and in Paul, as he speaks to us, that you would give him understanding, that you would give him unction, give him utterance, that as he uh, communicates your truth, that it would be clear, full of grace and truth, and that our hearts would be receptive, would be good soil, that you would captivate our hearts and our minds to give full attention to and to give our hearts gaze to you, Jesus. And so Holy Spirit, come and do as we sang, and do what only you can do which is to transform us into the likeness of our Savior, Jesus Christ. And in his name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Justin. Great to be with you all today. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, our triune God, eternally existent before time, together in a community of love and fellowship and unity, Experiencing shalom, shalom is where everything is in perfect order. Being life and being the source of life. Being love, because God is love, and the source of love. Then our triune God created and first began working together in creating the invisible being, so angels and archangels, Gabriel, Michael, Lucifer, and then God created the visible, the material, the physical things that we can see, and additional dimensions, additional realities like time and energy and gravity. And along the way, the earth and other planets were formed, then the plants and the animals, and then finally man, and then woman, the ultimate the crown of all creation. And then God was finished and rested. All three persons of the Trinity were involved in creation. So when you look at the scriptures, you see God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit all involved. The Spirit was hovering above the waters, for example, over the earth during the creation process. When Adam and Eve were created, our triune God was enjoying community and fellowship with them. All was well. Again, shalom, everything in perfect order. Adam and Eve, as God's children, 
they received all that they needed from God. Their life, their daily bread, their purpose, their significance, and so much more. And they were empowered by God's love. They were clothed by his glory. They were able to enjoy everything. They ate every day from the tree of life. And there was only one guideline, as we know. Don't take from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. They didn't need to. Because as children of God, they could rely on God's wisdom, his care, his provision, his protection. They didn't need anything from that tree. At some point along the way, Lucifer in heaven rebelled. He wanted to have some of God's glory. So in that, he was cast down to this earth along with many of the angels. Then Lucifer, or Satan, came one day to Adam and Eve as a snake and introduced doubt in their minds. Doubt about the nature and the character of God, tempting them to do something that was completely out of alignment with God's created order. Shalom. Tempted, Satan tempted them to take, to grab, to no longer rely on God and receive from God their love, their life, their power, their protection from a kind and compassionate God, but instead to become independent and take things into their own hands. They saw the fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. They saw it was pleasing to the eye and sweet to the taste, and they took it and ate it. And suddenly, in that moment, everything broke apart. That one act of reversing the created order set horrible things in motion throughout the entire universe. The seed of evil was now planted in the human realm, and it quickly spread. The source of life from God was cut off. The souls of Adam and Eve died instantly, and then their body, bodies started the slow, gradual death. They became separated from God's covering and the protection of his glory. And they were thrown into darkness and fear and shame and bondage and blame and comparison and jealousy. The effects of sin came quickly. And they were now eternally separated from God with a sinful nature on a pathway of sin and death, being led by the world, the flesh, and the devil. But God, but God, our triune God, compelled by love, came right away to save, to rescue, to redeem. With a divine plan of redemption, God immediately provided salvation for Adam and Eve. And then provided various ways and forms of salvation throughout the whole time of the Old Testament. But these were just temporary. And then it was time for the permanent salvation. It was time for our triune God to fully enter the world and the dimensions of humankind to come as Emmanuel, God with us, not only to provide salvation, but to be salvation. Christ, according to Philippians 2, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but he lowered himself and became a man. The Holy Spirit, 
conceived Christ inside of Mary, the human vessel, so that Christ could now be, for the first time, fully God and fully man, 100% of both. Jesus Christ was born and then grew in wisdom and stature, and then in his adult years, it was time for God, the triune God, all three persons, to begin the large-scale ministry of the kingdom. So there's one day where Christ was baptized by John the Baptist, and in that moment, the Holy Spirit came down like a dove upon Jesus Christ. God the Father then spoke and blessed him and said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. But then what's interesting is right away, the Holy Spirit led Christ into the desert. But then we see the purpose for that. The reason was so that God could make it clear to Satan that Christ was not like the original Adam. He would not fall into temptation. Christ returned from the desert, and then he entered the synagogue in Nazareth, and he proclaimed the mission at hand. And he read from Isaiah, and he read this, the Spirit of the Lord, the Holy Spirit, is upon me, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor, he has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And for three years, God proclaimed and displayed the kingdom of God through Christ the King and the Holy Spirit. All three persons of the Trinity developed and carried out the mission together. Christ would talk to the Father along the way in prayer, he said that he did always what he saw the Father doing. The Holy Spirit provided the power for Christ to do signs and wonders, the signs of the kingdom. And then the most significant step of the mission came, of course, when Christ was crucified, where he took our sin and he took the wrath that God the Father had toward us. Now his physical body died, but he didn't take the pathway that every other human before him took. Instead, as God, with authority, he descended down into hell, and he took back the keys and the power of death. And then he was raised again from death to life with a new glorified body. And then shortly after that, he went back to heaven, and the mission was accomplished. Christ had paved the way for this great salvation of humankind. And he was now in place to continue in serving as our sympathetic high priest before the Father, which is what he's doing right now, serving as our priest. And then there was a time of waiting for a little bit, waiting for that one more event that had to take place, and that was the coming of the Holy Spirit. Christ had talked about this when he said it would actually be better for him to leave so that the Holy Spirit could come. In another place in Acts 1, Christ said, For John baptized with water, but you will now be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. 
then he continued, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the, the earth. And then the Holy Spirit came, ten days later. We read about this in Acts 2. When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven a sound like the mighty rush, rushing wind. And it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues of fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And with this Pentecost of the Holy Spirit coming down, everything was now in place for our triune God to accomplish their mission of salvation. A full redemption and restoration, bringing everything back to the original created order before the fall of Adam and Eve, back to Shalom. With Pentecost, the stage was set for something amazing and miraculous to happen in us. New birth, new life, new creation of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit dwelling within. God inside of us. Almighty God above us. That's incredible. God around us, beside us, that's amazing. But what God wanted more than anything else was to be inside of us. That actually is the gospel. The gospel, the good news, is that God has come to dwell inside of us. No longer dwelling in temple buildings, but dwelling in human hearts. Jesus talks about this in John 7. On the last day of the feast, the great day, Jesus stood up and cried out, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Now this he said about the Holy Spirit, whom those who believed in him were to receive, for as yet the Spirit had not yet been given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. This was spoken before Pentecost. But back to that statement, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. When we proclaim Christ as Lord and believe in our hearts that he was raised from the dead, the Holy Spirit of the living God comes and dwells inside and conceives a new birth. We are born again, like Jesus talks about in John 3. And this wellspring of life starts flowing from the inside out. The Holy Spirit takes permanent residence inside of us. When we're born again by the Holy Spirit, we are legally transferred from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. As the Apostle Paul talked about in Acts 26, kingdom of darkness over to the kingdom of light. That's what the Holy Spirit does. We're transferred over. We're transferred from the pathway of death and sin and darkness and bondage over to the pathway of life and light and freedom and love. As the Spirit, the wellspring of life, is placed inside, we receive a new heart, a new nature, and we begin the journey of transformation. 
as Paul talks about when he says, though outwardly we're wasting away, inwardly we're being renewed day by day. The Holy Spirit seals us for the day of redemption, serving as a deposit of the full inheritance that will come later on when we pass to the next life. The Holy Spirit starts growing the fruit of the Spirit, of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. The gifts of the Holy Spirit are activated with the Holy Spirit distributing the gifts between us according to his will. The Holy Spirit convicts us of sin, gives us power to break the bondages of sin, points us to Christ, leads us daily, prompts us, prays for us, and so much more, all from within. And tomorrow I'm actually going to talk through these kinds of things of what the Holy Spirit would be doing inside. It's basically a day in the life of the Holy Spirit as we walk through our day with God inside right now, what is God through the Holy Spirit doing even right now? So more about that tomorrow. Ultimately, the Holy Spirit is the one who keeps us on the pathway of life all the way to the end so that we will, when we meet Christ, we will hear him say, well done, good and faithful servant. So for me, I was born again at a young age. So as a child, I remember being on Cranberry Island, Maine. My parents were um, pastor and minister on the island. There was a small town there. It was one summer. And on Sunday afternoon after a service, my parents had done really well in just sharing a lot about God and salvation and Christ, and so I was there even at a very young age, having an understanding of my need for Christ and my need to be born again. And so I remember this, just like it was yesterday, of laying there during nap time and looking up at the ceiling and having that encounter with the living God, where God drew near through the Holy Spirit, and even as a child, I came to encounter God as two things at the same time, holy, mighty, and majestic in power as the king, the creator, but then also loving, compassionate, wanting to have relationship with me as my best friend. And those came together, and I was born again. And I immediately was awakened in that and the rest is history. So I've been walking with Christ, praise the Lord, for about 45 years with the Holy Spirit within leading from that day forward. And again, praise the Lord for salvation of Christ coming to die on the cross and then furthermore, the Holy Spirit coming within. And this is where I'm, I feel led to just ask us all, so as we're here and we're reflecting on these things, and I know that a lot of what I shared would be familiar with most of us growing up in Christian homes or uh, through church lessons or Bible courses, so just a walkthrough of a, a lot of theological things. 
But in the midst of all this, what I'm wondering is, are we truly born again? Is what I'm sharing today stirring up a question of, am I, am I born again? Do I have the Holy Spirit within? And I know that coming to Northwestern that you would sign a faith statement and you would indicate that you accepted Christ. But maybe along the way, as you've been here or as God's been working in your heart, maybe you're wondering, am I truly born again? Because as we know, sometimes when you go up in a Christian home and you go to, to school, Christian school, you go through the lessons, and there's a lot of religiosity and a lot of beliefs to hold to. But when we break it down and we're talking about being born again in this conversion of God coming and dwelling inside with power, and again, tomorrow we're going to talk about what is God doing as he's inside of us, but he is inside of us. So when we're born again, God comes within. And are you wondering if you are born again? And what I want to say with great love and compassion is please bring that forward to someone. And it is okay to say that here. So yes, there would be an expectation of having faith with Christ and coming here. But let's be honest. There, there might be cases where someone would come thinking that they're a Christian, thinking that they're born, born again, and coming to a place of really wondering about that. So one of my most favorite things is to sit down and have conversation with students who come in and say, I thought I was a Christian, but now I'm not sure. And of course, we're even instructed in the, in the scriptures to, to test this, because this is really sobering. Because at the end of this life, we are going to be meeting our maker and meeting the Lord Jesus, this is very, very important to be asking this question. Do I have God within and providing this salvation so that when we pass from this life, we will be carried by God to, into his presence because of being in his family and being in his kingdom because eternal life starts now. So I would encourage you to sit down with someone here, and I know anyone here would be open to having that conversation of you just simply saying, I'm not sure, can we talk it through? And know that God is, is with you and God would be speaking in the midst of that. So as we close here, I wanna pray for us. And then again, I invite you to uh, come back tomorrow where we'll talk through life in the spirit, the very practical, tangible, daily work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. So let's pray. Gracious God, as you know, uh, I've done my, my best to talk through who you are as our triune God and the work that you are about and what you've done for us in Christ on the cross and then the work of the Holy Spirit coming within. And I pray that we would be sober-minded and reflective of these kinds of truths, that we would be receiving from you all that you would have for us, even today, even right now, of rece receiving your truth, your life, your power right inside of us. To do that, I pray for all my brothers and sisters in Christ here, and if there's any that do want to sit down with someone and talk through this question of, am I truly born again? 
I know that you would love that, God, that you would love that kind of openness and confession, so may it be. In Christ's name, amen. Thank you all.